Research says Americans have evolved to become more sedentary, with estimates suggesting we spend 6.4 hours each day sitting. As we look to ramp up our metabolism, supplements known as skinny drops have grown increasingly popular on YouTube and TikTok. But if human beings evolved to chill, are metabolism boosters the answer to better health? Welcome to the Abstract Podcast from Inverse. I'm Tanya Bustos, your host. Our first story is about metabolism drops, the weight loss supplements that have gained popularity on the social web, an ecosystem that makes deceptive marketing easier than ever. But there's no two ways about it. It's very, very hard to gauge which health products are legit and which are scams. But skinny drops, which are little dropper bottles that aim to detox your body and promote weight loss, remain totally unregulated because they are classified as dietary supplements, which fall under a different set of rules than food or drugs, according to a federal law passed in 1994. So it comes down to this. While metabolism is a buzzword in the murky world of wellness, the science behind so-called weight loss hacks is only a drop in the bucket. Sorry. Our second story digs deeper into the human evolution of physical activity. By examining the sedentary habits of the Hazda, a present-day hunter-gatherer society in Tanzania, researchers suggest that our true nature is to sit for prolonged periods of time. But while exercise and movement are beneficial to our health, it turns out relaxing isn't actually so bad. We're just doing it wrong. This is The Abstract, a look at the latest scientific discoveries and technology innovations from the reporters at Inverse. In each episode, we explore a single theme through two different stories— Up now, the skinny on viral weight loss hacks. Falling in line with the popular wellness hacks that are all the rage in Silicon Valley, metabolism drops have become popular among teenagers. And on TikTok and YouTube, young folks can't get enough of them. Beginning in late February 2020, teenagers started showing videos saying that metabolism drops, sold by a company called Ray Wellness, could help with weight loss. Following a viral mainstream frenzy, Ray Wellness removed the supplements from stores. However, another company, Dow Wellness, has sprung up in its place, offering what they call skinny drops. These supplements contain ingredients like raspberry ketones, taurine, and caffeine, common in many weight loss products, which are sold without any pre-market testing. Moreover, metabolism drops are totally unregulated, and experts tell Inverse they can pose both mental and physical health risks. So someone who's going to use one of these metabolism drops, it's not like they're doing everything to get the right amount of sleep, the right amount of physical activity, that they're eating broccoli and salmon, you know, almonds all day, right? There's usually a confluence of behaviors, and these kinds of drops are in the context of those maladapted behaviors. That was Sharon Akabis a professor of nutrition at Columbia University. She calls the drops a false promise. Let's get more on this. Joining us now is Mind and Body Editor, Sarah Sloat. Hey, Sarah. Hi. How are you today? I'm pretty good. How's it going? It's good. My metabolism is slow, but uh, that's just because I haven't eaten. But luckily, you have some good information. I, I don't want to take the wrong thing here. Because when you look at where this is happening, you know, TikTok, YouTube, these are places that are overwhelmingly used by young people and teenagers, and there's less control over the information that's spread around. Is it fair to say that this is a new breeding ground for misinformation? I think that's I think that's difficult to say. Like there's TikTok is incredibly popular, so 
there's lots of people on it. Lots of people mean lots of opportunities to share information, both um, valid information and not. But I think it's no more so a place for misinformation to spread than you know, Facebook or Twitter or other forms of social media. Because at the same time, TikTok is used by some people to, you know, right now with coronavirus, you know, sharing accurate medical information, et cetera. So I think, I think like other, other venues of social media, it has the potential to both like spread real helpful things, you know, innocuous, just fun things. And then, yeah, dangerous health rumors. More concerning um, than kids giving medical advice, or maybe not medical advice, dietary advice, better said, is the actual advice. You know, should people in this age group even be messing with their body chemistry like that, or should anyone, for that matter, becomes the question? How do um, experts weigh in on that? Yes, apart from the idea of affecting body chemistry, which we can definitely talk about more later, because it's it's very unclear whether these drops do anything, is the idea that short-term weight loss should never be a health goal for an adolescent. You know, experts say that using these products definitely doesn't promote a long-term positive view of health. You know, being healthy includes regular exercise and maintaining a healthy diet. And these too-good-to-be-true methods are often paired with other unhealthy habits. Furthermore, you know, experts say there's no evidence that any of these over-the-counter metabolism boosters are effective. Sharon Akabus, a professor of nutrition at Columbia University, calls the drops a false promise, while David Ludwig, who's a nutrition researcher at Harvard, put it quite simply, don't buy it. What are some of the broader health risks experts are concerned about when it comes to these supplements? Again, they're not tested and the general population, not just young people, are certainly using them. It, it means that we're just doing a big experiment on the population because, you know, unregulation means that there's no approval process from the FDA. There's no regulatory body that ensures that these supplements are safe or are working effective. And you know, one of the experts told us most likely supplements won't do anything. You know, mostly it's just a false promise. But the concern is if if there are effects, then that likely means that there could be something toxic going on as well. If your if your body is changing, and science can't say here's why, that's a point of concern for researchers who who want to have that information to be able to give people accurate advice. So I guess. What we've always known about metabolism is still the case. You know, there's there are no shortcuts, but we just need to stick to the tried and true methods that have always been in place, right? What can we ultimately do if we want to rev up our metabolism? Yeah. I mean, metabolism is very cool and it's very dynamic and it's individual to each person and it's influenced by one's body size, their sex, their age. And essentially, metabolism is a chain of chemical reactions that occur as our body converts food or drink to energy. And all of that means is that we get fuel and it makes the body's basic functions possible, whether that's breathing, thinking, or, you know, circulating blood. Um, but metabolism really can't be hacked. It can, like, you know, you mentioned, it, it can't be influenced. 
Um, but the only tested ways to boost metabolism is good old exercise, general physical activity, and strength training. As these health aids promise to boost metabolism, a new hypothesis suggests that human beings have evolved to chill. Now, a look at the science of sitting and why it may be good for your health. In comparison to our ancestors of years past, we've become a bit more inactive. Prolonged sitters, if you will. But it's not our fault. Evolutionary pressures favor strategies that minimize energy use. Thus emerges the evolution of inactivity. A recent study examining the sedentary behaviors of the Hadza, a hunter-gatherer population in Tanzania, suggests that it's not why we sit, but how we sit that's hurting us. Enter the common office setting, where prolonged sitting runs rampant. In comparing hunter-gatherers to the more industrialized populations, researchers found these adults to be generally free of cardiovascular disease. In contrast, the industrial creatures of prolonged sitting have been tied to increased risk of cardiovascular disease and death. It all came down to the hunter-gatherers engaging in a lot more squatting and kneeling postures, which produce more muscle activity than chair sitting. David Raiklin, the study's lead author, explains. We found that they are inactive and resting for about as long as we are in the U.S. And what we found is that they don't sit in chairs like we do. Uh, they actually rest in postures like squatting and kneeling and on, sitting on the ground. And so we think that this more consistent level of muscle activity that they experience both in rest and when they're active may help explain why long periods of inactivity aren't associated with cardiovascular disease risks in this population. Let's get more from Inverse staff writer Emma Butchwell. Hi, Emma. Hey, Tanya. How are you? I'm good. Are you... Um Sitting down? I am. I'm, I'm sitting down in my apartment thanks to COVID-19. Okay, good. Because according to your latest piece, that actually has a lot to do with our evolutionary status. Because um, you write about how, you know, evolutionary pressures in general favor strategies that actually minimize energy use. First off, can you explain why that is? Well, when I was reporting out this story, the study author was explaining to me that we usually kind of look at things like sitting as things that we wouldn't really have, but that wouldn't really have been a part of our evolutionary history. We think about things like distance running, sort of our human's cognitive function as being more important evolutionarily. We don't really think, we think that there wasn't a whole lot of sitting when humans were evolving. And it turns out that that's actually not true. So what we, what they did by going to look at the hot which is a hunter-gatherer community in Tanzania, they basically found that people are inactive about 9.9 hours each day. Um, and it's important to note that modern-day hunter-gatherer societies aren't a perfect window into what human evolutionary history is like. Absolutely not at all, but they are a closer analog than maybe you or me sitting here in an apartment. So basically, they took this to mean that when humans were more largely hunter-gatherer societies, we were actually a lot more inactive than we thought. And for that behavior to have stuck around for that long, there must have been some kind of uh, advantage to it. Interesting. One of the interesting things, it's not so much about how long you sit, it's about how you sit. So we usually think about Americans now, there are some estimates suggest we sit for like six 
8.4 hours per day and teens sit even longer, something more like 8.2 hours per day. So the Hadza are sitting for a comparable amount of time. They're sitting for nine hours a day, over nine hours, closer to 10. So the big difference is actually in how we sit. When we sit in a chair here, we sit in a comfy, cushy chair. Your muscles are basically not being activated at all. What these authors found was that the Hadza are squatting, they're kneeling, they're sitting on the ground. Their muscles are just a little bit more engaged. And they think that just that small amount of muscle engagement is enough to keep them relatively healthier compared to us, or at least enough to offset the costs of sitting, which we already know are really high. Uh, things like prediabetes or other sort of chronic health problems that have been linked to sitting in Western society. So they think that it's just that little bit of muscle activation that could be making the difference there. Right, right. Because, you know, you've, we, we could probably also assume that the Western, specifically American diet and overall health habits add to this mismatch as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I think one of the things that's really important to note with this study is that this is a really compelling explanation for why sitting is bad for us, but it's definitely not the whole explanation. Um, when we think about things like chronic disease, it's really important not to discount the dietary aspects of that. So the Hadza diet, they didn't collect data on this in the study, but the authors told me that they sort of can extrapolate from previous studies they've done, and they're eating things like meats and vegetables and tubers and honey. They're not eating a processed food diet. They're not eating a ton of sugar, and they're still moving around a decent amount our diet looks a lot different than that. So I think that to sort of make the one-to-one -one comparison isn't a perfect match, but it's still a pretty compelling explanation for why sitting may hurt us more than it hurts them. So in the end, it's these slightly different postures that we can engage in. I mean, that, that clearly is good for our health. Something to think about even in the office, maybe just something to think about in general, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely an argument for maybe a standing desk or just to make yourself a little bit less comfortable might not be a bad thing. Head to Inverse.com to read more about how science is changing what we know and how we manage our physical health. You can click on the link in the show notes for that story and all others we talked about today. If you agree that science and facts matter more than ever, give us a rating and review on iTunes to help more people find The Abstract and other podcasts like it. New episodes of The Abstract are released three times a week. Find old episodes and find more original reporting on science, innovation, culture, and entertainment at inverse.com. Look for The Abstract on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever podcast app you use. For Inverse, I'm Tanya Bustos. Thanks for listening.